Welcome to episode 12. This week we have TV film songwriter DJ Skrilla, otherwise known as Chris Harris. You're listening to the Red Bicycle Media Spokes Podcast, a show about the experiences of a film production house and the people they work with in the film industry, with your host, James Pizarro. Thank you for coming this week. Chris is a very talented songwriter. He's been featured on Ballers for HBO, The Atlanta Falcons, and also Ghostbusters for the Sci-Fi Network and the WWE SummerSlam. He uh, had the best winner of the 2016 Mark Award, which is the best hip-hop track for production, music, and composition. He also is a spokesman for the Cuyahoga County Medical Examiner's Office, which I talked to him about. Without further ado, Chris Harris. And it feels like wherever I go, I know I got a bullseye. I see the red in their head like a bullseye. That's why I take them to school whenever fools try. So I'm prepared to pull up whenever they pull by. Cause any move I make's enough to unload. Combust so you fold, so I'm tough to control. Everything that I touch turn to gold. And everything that you touch turn to cold. That's why I never let them top me The same ones that try to block me can never stop me The same ones that try to knock me can only copy Every move I make because they watch me Mock me, not me, and I'm cocky I'm number one with anyone, never top three No wonder why they jack me and copy Every move I take because they watch me Well, let's let's start from the beginning. How did you get started in, in music? Well, uh, that's a great question. I got my start in music, I'd say, uh, in high school, ninth grade, 10th grade, around that time. Um, I just woke up and decided I wanted to DJ. And um, my mom saved up some money for Christmas, and she bought me two turntables and a mixer. And that was really my start into sort of diving into music. Uh, After I DJed, or attempted to DJ for a little bit, I had some friends over. And we started to freestyle over an instrumental on one of the records that I was playing. And we recorded it on like an old boom box. And we took the tape to school and everyone thought it was kind of funny. But some people said, you know, this isn't so bad, Chris. You should maybe try rapping. And that's kind of what led me to that. Now, rapping's like guitar playing. Only a few people, everybody plays, but there are only a few who are actually good at it. So <laughs> how did you know that people actually <laughs> thought that you had uh, the skill to do this? You know, I, I guess it was just, and I wish I knew who told me that or the, the friends that had said that to me because I want to thank them. But that just sort of led me down this path. Uh, you know, I don't want to just play music, but I really want to create music. So I really started to study how music is made. Uh, that was when I took my first trip to a recording studio and learned about, you know, what multi-track recording is and just all these different things that I, I just didn't have at my disposal. And... Um, There were a lot of great people in Cleveland, especially, that uh, took me under their wing, um, offered me cheap studio time, but really worked with me on developing as an artist. uh, Storytelling is an important part of what we try to do. Um, Tell me how that applies to what you you do when you're writing and and trying to visually come up with what's going on. There's a there's a saying. What what comes first, the lyrics or or the uh, the music (laughs) portion? How about In your case, what is it? You know, uh, it's a little bit of both. Um, I like to write to music. 
Um, so if the music portion comes first, that usually helps me channel the emotion, you know, because when I hear a track, I know if I want to have sort of, sort of a mellow tone or if I want to be very energetic and, and loud. And that sort of helps me figure out what I want to actually say. Um, I get my inspiration from a lot of things. I probably get most inspiration from other people than experiences that happen in my life, which I think is kind of cool. And you've had a lot of them. Um, I mean, and we'll talk about that a little bit later as far as what your what your day job is. But did you did you then start DJing? You know, the usual like two two speaker setup, and you know, setting up in a in a in a town hall or a VFW hall. And, and where did it start? Uh, well, it first started at my mom's house, so in, in Beverly's house. That's Classic. where it started, just trying to practice. But I really got my first start start in college, uh, and that was just playing at one of the bars um, downtown in Kent. So I went to Kent State University, and it was ladies' night. And that was really where I learned a good DJ doesn't necessarily have to be an awesome technical DJ, right? The scratching and the mixing. I mean, that stuff is cool, and, and you should be able to do some of it. But I think a great DJ is someone who can control a crowd and who can read a crowd. And that was really important to me to learn and gain those skills to to really understand what DJing is all about. And you have to be somewhat of a performer, too, uh, without being cheesy. I mean, there's that fine line, correct? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, people are looking at you and, you know, if you make a, a bad move by playing a bad song, they're going to look for the DJ. So you have to really... Uh, sort of perform a, a little bit and keep everyone happy. Well, when did you segue then into uh, doing, did you do live performances or bigger performances uh, beyond that from from a typical college uh, uh, parties and gigs? Uh, college is really just where I just started to evolve. And I, I think even a little bit after college, I sort of figured out what I wanted to, to do musically. So in college, I'm not only DJing, but I'm also, you know, an artist. So I'm, I'm a hip hop artist. I'm doing shows. Um, I had joined a fraternity and that actually led me to perform at probably about 100 different colleges across the U.S. And I would do a lot of gigs where I'm performing, but I would also do gigs where I'm DJing. And I mean, that experience was just priceless, um, you know, understanding how to properly set up a show, how to, uh, you know, set up a writer. I had no idea what a production writer was, you know. Um, sure, one of the sure. schools asked me, well, what do you need? And I'm like, a bed, a, a hotel. <laughs> and, you know, it, it just all those experiences really led me to where I am right now. Did you then start out uh, by, you know, just doing a DJ set and, and then throwing in some performance with it? Or did you say, all right, I'm going to go all in? Uh, uh, you know, set up a, a song list and then just go through that. Uh, what? How did that evolve? Huh, it's been like all over the place. I mean, what I would try to do is if someone was booking me to just strictly DJ, I would try to maybe sprinkle in a little bit of my stuff in there um, just to see what the crowd response was. Um, and then if I'm doing a show, you know, where I'm just pretty much performing, it was really about ordering my songs in a way that I felt a DJ would. 
And what I mean by that is, you know, a good party has highs and lows, right? I mean, a good concert has highs and lows. You can't keep everyone at 100% of the time, right? People need to go get a drink. They need to go to the bathroom. They need to settle down. And that's really how I try to attack anytime I'm performing and really anytime that I was DJing. I mean, I think that's the dynamic range and also in anything, in music and in uh, telling a story, you can't just have explosions for 90 minutes and say, and, and try to wow, wow your crowd or, or, you know, or horror for 90 yeah. minutes straight. You've got to have some lead in there. Did you um, yeah, then, did you then start, how was your first, do you recall your first performance and where was that? Oh gosh. Yeah. Uh, actually this was in high school. So this was the Valentine's day dance, which we had only held it one time. Uh, I think I was a senior at this point. And uh, I don't even know why they allowed this, but the, I asked somebody and they said, yeah, you can perform some of your friends. And, you know, I set up the whole show and the set list. And would you know, when it came my turn to go on, I was so excited. I pulled the microphone out of the, you know, system nice. and no one could hear me rap. <laughs> nice. So I was I was a little embarrassed about that, but uh, it was still a cool experience. <laughs> Then once you got that one under your belt, that were the subsequent uh, performances, I'm sure, a lot easier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I think when you have a bad performance, and they, they pop up every now and then, um, it's just really about what can you learn from it, you know? Um, I've had performances that were great where nothing went wrong from a technical standpoint, but the crowd just was not into it. Uh, for one reason or the other. And I, I learned from those. So you, you got to take the good with the bad. I hear you. And and then you uh, then got into uh, music licensing. Was that was that an evolution or did you what was there an in between part of that? Or did you say, hey, this might be a good idea? Uh, yeah, there was definitely an in between part. And I like how you said evolution. I probably call it an accident. <laughs> because <laughs> While I was, uh, so I was working on a project, this is around 2015, I'm working on just one of my solo albums, and I needed a graphic designer to design this cover. And I went to a place where I thought I could find a graphic designer, which was Craigslist. <laughs> and I, uh, I found this guy, and you know, he did my artwork, and he just randomly asked me a question, would you ever consider doing music for TV and film? And I'm like, yeah, sure. And he, from then on, he linked me up with the right people, and I haven't looked back since. Tell me how that process was. Did you did you have to send him a reel, or did they, you know, a, a lot of people wonder how, and, and you know, we haven't even mentioned that you've been on uh, a lot of placements from you know HBO for for uh, for Ballers and uh, the Atlanta Falcons and the Sci Fi Network. I mean, you and, and you continuously kind of pop up in, in different places, and you still get excited hearing that, don't you? Oh, still get excited. I mean, I'll have to tell you some time about the first time I saw or heard a song on TV. I mean, that is an experience I'll never forget. But, um, you know, it, I, and I, I'll get back to the question, but this kind of just came into my mind. Sure. I always wanted to be the artist that was on TV, right? On MTV, BT, TRL, you know, when you turn on the music station, you would see me. That's what I envisioned growing up. And then once I started to get into the music licensing, 
that's when it really shifted. And I much more prefer the behind the scenes role where I can make music and still kind of just have that privacy. And I don't have to worry about, you know, my social media likes and this and that. I, I really can just create the music and just focus solely on that. Do you think the there's part. do you think there's more longevity there and more steady work? Absolutely. Um, I you know get a chance to work with some young artists uh, from time to time, and I just try to tell them. Um, well, first of all, I want to see what their goals are, and if I find someone where their goals sort of align with what I want to do, that's when I try to steer them to music licensing. I definitely think that there's a lot more uh, long term stability. Because if you can get a song on the right show and that show is syndicated in several different markets and it airs, you know, for years and years to come, well, that's probably going to give you a nice royalty check. And I think that's how I try to look at it and try to share that with other artists as well. Yeah, I didn't know that that was part of the pay structure, but you could imagine um, we do a little bit of of. Um, film work and for for uh, stock footage and we get uh, some royalties from that but never thought about you getting it consistently from uh, a syndicated show i mean so you get on friends i mean you're just made right that's the example i always go to i mean imagine if you created the theme song for friends or even if you just had your song in one of the episodes i mean yeah that's a that's a great great placement um and that's those are the kind of things that i want to try to strive for as I continue to work. But you know what, to get back to your question, because I, I realized I didn't answer it, I didn't have to send in a demo, but I remember with the first company that gave me an opportunity, <laughs> they said, look, um, we've worked with rappers in the past, we haven't had the best of luck, you've got one shot. And that was pretty much, they just set the bar, and I'm like, oh wow, like the pressure is on. But I wanted to show them that I was serious, that they could rely on me, um, you know, depend on me, and just basically deliver. I think that goes along with uh, uh, the <laughs> the responsibility in your life in general. I mean, you're you're not a guy who yeah. lives from paycheck to paycheck or is kind of quote unquote winging it. So um, let me take a little bit of a sidebar and 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 uh, tell the audience what you actually do for. A, I'm going to say part of your living. It's kind of your 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 side hustle. Um, and what, what is that? So I am the external affairs manager at the Cuyahoga County Medical Examiner's Office. So basically, I do communications for the, the deceased. And how long, how did you, first of all, how did you get into that and how long have you been doing that? Um, I got into that, I started in 2013. Um, I was just at a point at my life where I needed a change. I had uh, done communications for about seven years for a private company. And I, you know, saw a job posting for this communications professional. I said, I can do it. And when I got to the interview, the first question they asked me was, how do you feel about dead people? And I'm like, uh, <laughs> they're cool, I guess. And uh, I didn't no pun intended. Yeah. All the way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. And um, I they Got, gave me the job, and um, I've been there for, geez, seven years, and it's been excellent. Um, I learned so much every single day, and that probably sounds cliche, but really, I learned something new every day. 
uh, maybe about how people die, um, what different public health trends that are going on. Um, so I always have my pulse, you know, my ear to the street on sort of what the pulse is for public health. Have you ever used any of that for inspiration in any of your songwriting? Oh, absolutely. All the time. Um, I'll use it. Uh, I'll give you an example. There was, um, and I wish I could remember the exact case, but there was a young, young gentleman. He was probably about 16, 17 years old. He was killed in a homicide. And I don't know, for some reason, his, his story just touched me. And he was an aspiring rapper, right? And I just thought to myself, wow, this guy hasn't even had a chance to experience life. And when I see a story like that, that might motivate me to write something, you know, about overcoming obstacles or, you know, uh, persevering, anything like that. So that happens on several different occasions. Well, that's great. I think, I mean, if you're not inspired for what you do every day, then that, that might actually be a problem. So, I mean, you should, right. you should be. So did you then, um, oh, so what's kind of great, you can do this on your own time then. And, uh, uh, you record with, uh, what studio do you record with? So there's a studio in Cleveland that I go to, uh, it's a uh, Jim Stewart recording. And I've been working with Jim for, geez, almost 10 years. Um, and the nice thing about that is I think the engineer, and, and for those who may not know, the engineer is basically the person who is at the control board, the mixing board, and, you know, they're working everything while you record. So they're adjusting your, your levels, uh, they're mixing the record, they're doing a lot of things in some cases. And me and Jim just have this natural chemistry together. So I can go into the studio, everything's set exactly the way that I like, right? And Sometimes I don't even have to talk to Jim and say, hey, can we do that takeover? If it's not good enough, Jim will just delete it and we have to do it again. And he pushes me. So I, I really appreciate that relationship uh, with Jim, the engineer. That's great. I mean, it, you, you have to have somebody who's technically uh, uh, proficient to kind of bring your vision you know, to reality. Mm -hmm. Do you, um, you know, as, and as filmmakers who um, we hope are listening to this, uh, do, do, do you have any message that you'd like to, to, to kind of share with them? I mean, is there anything, like, do you ever look at film and have been asked to say, hey, can you put something together for this? Uh, have you ever done it that way? Or is it usually they hear your music and they, they, it gets matched to what they have done? Usually, um, I'll do the music without knowing anything about where this song may go. And that's a challenge because... I have to make music that isn't too specific to one specific uh, genre, right? Or um, a, a good example, if I'm doing a sports kind of song, right? I try to make it gender neutral. So it could be played during an NBA game or a WNBA game or a softball game. Those are the kind of things that I have to do when I have no idea where this song may end up. For the first time, uh, actually, about two months ago, I cut a song to picture. So we actually, uh, me and my team, we saw you know what this commercial was going to be, and we actually constructed a track built around that particular commercial. So that was really cool. Was that fun? Yeah, that was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun, actually. Um, and we're working on with another uh, company. We haven't sealed it yet, but I, I think we're going to, so... 
hey, if people want to send us the picture, that's great. I prefer it that way. Because <laughs> that seems like uh, another thing, especially with people who do soundtracks and um, who do that actually for a living. And uh, I think that'd be, uh, that sounds like that'd be a lot of fun to, to actually see what's going on on screen. And then you have to kind of come up creatively with, with, uh, with something to, to actually back that up. Yeah, yeah, I mean, absolutely. And if I could ask you a question, you know, as a filmmaker, do, when you're, you know, shooting film, do you already have an idea as to the type of music that you want? I think so. It depends on the theme, right, um, of the movie, mm -hmm. right? Because you already know if it's going to be, uh, you know, a, 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 a serious narrative versus a something more light. Yeah, you definitely have that that feel in your mind. I mean, a lot of what I do is have to match what music's out there and it's not unlike what you you're doing and I'll find music that that um fits the theme and and I find that, that that's first of all it's it's a difficult process. I would love to have it uh written for every uh piece we do to just say, "Hey, custom make this thing and it'd be great." But it's just not practical, mm -hmm. right? I mean, you know, first of all, you can't you know, the budgets uh, don't allow that, but I, I really feel, I mean, to answer your question, that it, I, I do know, I have the feeling, but when it, when it's all married together, one of my great um, examples of that is La La Land, where they knew what they wanted, and uh, the um, director's, one of his best friends was a songwriter, so he was in very early in the involvement of making the, uh, of making a movie. And I can't think of wow. a better way to do it by having your songwriter already there and kind of go, here, here's what I want in this passage. Kind of come up, come up mm -hmm. with it at the same time. And still, instead of after after the fact, right? So I, the, ideally, right. ideally, that's what I like to do. And, you know, we're going to do that together one day, I'm sure. So it's just Absolutely. Finding, finding the right piece. <laughs> do you, do you, what do you think the future of music production and what you're doing, uh, where do you think that's leading <clears throat> as far as... Uh, uh, continuing to music license? Well, um, I know for me personally, uh, what this has led to, and you know, I've been doing it for about five years. Now, what I want to try to do is construct sort of my own production house, so my, my own team. A lot of what I have done in the past and sometimes still do is, you know, I'll have other production libraries seek me out and I'll do, you know, work for hire for them. But now what I'm actually trying to do is learn from them and then I can sort of build my own production library and then bring in more artists to sort of diversify the portfolio and we can uh, maybe have some direct relationships with some of the film and music supervisors. So that's what I would like to see for the future. I, uh, I, I certainly would hope that that'd be the case. I think that's coming. I, I really think that's a continuing uh, relationship. But I also believe that the smaller or mid-house um, uh, production houses are, are the ones who are going to uh, sustain. Um, who knows what's going to happen after what is going on now. Um, right. I, I think to be stealthy and lean and mean uh, seems to be the uh, order. Yeah. And you know what? Actually, right now, with you know, given what's going on with the coronavirus, a lot of the companies that I'm still sort of actively working with are those small to mid house, you know, sized companies. So I think you're right. So uh, the uh, you also have done a couple music videos. Uh, have you enjoyed doing those? The music videos are my probably my second 
most favorite thing to do. First would be just performing, right? I just love that adrenaline, especially performing for a crowd that has no idea who you are, they've never heard a song. It's just a challenge to me. But what I love about making music videos is I'm a film buff, I love movies, and this is just, for me, a way to merge some type of story, visual story, with the music. And, you know, I wish I could do it more. <laughs> How do you think we could evolve that uh, part of uh, you know of the art of making music videos? Uh, the um, there there are a lot of uh, different threads out there on you know what quote unquote not to do or how many how many things have been done over and over and are just you know tired so to speak. But how do you how do you think we can bring that to another level as far as music videos? Wow, that's a great question. Um, you know, I, I think from the from my perspective as the artist what i really appreciated and you know we worked together on a music video uh, three sides but what was the most helpful about that experience is when we were doing the the pre-production so the planning you know and i really got to see what it takes from your perspective to actually put this all together you know we did a storyboard, you know, we bounced ideas around. And I can remember sharing a particular video that I thought, oh, this is a cool video. And you're just like, eh, that's okay, but we can do better than that. And for some reason that always stuck with me. So I think from an artist's uh, standpoint, more planning, not just, you know, firing up uh, a camera and getting your friends together and just performing your song. I think really trying to create something that's going to last and really stand the test of time. I agree. I think a lot of mileage is in uh, the pre-production, and you hear that over and over. But to actually sit there and execute, and 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 really discern, you know, to shoot holes in it, like why wouldn't it, you know, what would work, what doesn't work, and to to really concentrate on um, coming up with a good product and working uh, more importantly with an artist, um, uh, and and realizing their vision and and talking that through, I think is so key. Then the, the video just almost writes itself, right? Uh, the From the uh, yeah. shooting of it to editing it, if we had those ideas and thought it out, because that's that's where we've uh, stumbled is, you know, you're so anxious to shoot, it's so cool, we'll shoot at night, all that other stuff, and 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 uh, you end up uh, kind of being disappointed in the, in, in the product. So I think just some more mm -hmm. careful uh, things would work out. I, I also think being, uh, again, you know, as an artist, you have to be able to be open to ideas. And even in a lot of cases, you have to be able to just let the director or directors or the team do their job and really look to them for their leaders. You, you're a filmmaker, right? I mean, you're great at what you do. Your whole team is great at what they do. I want to follow your lead, you know, if we're working together on a film because you do that a lot more than I do. And I think that is also important as artists. Um, just to, you got to trust the people that you work with. I appreciate that. I, I also think that um, there there is a such such thing as the right match. And, you know, we uh, certainly with it, there's first of all, there's not much budget in doing music videos, especially with with um, with people who are just starting out. And that's totally understandable. Uh, a lot of people you know, I, I, I'm of the belief you need to make a hundred music videos to really start to be good at them. I mean, you need to make a lot of them to, to, to really mm -hmm. uh, 
you know, reach the upper echelon of, of that. But uh, at the end of the day, it's still telling a good story. And now you got three minutes to do it. And fortunately, or unfortunately, if you have a song that you don't believe in, it makes it tough to do a music video, to be honest with you. Yeah, I, I can imagine. Um, it's it's very similar to if I have a track that I'm not really in love with, it makes it hard. You know, I'm not as motivated to write a song to that. Well, I think I also think that if um, you know if if you end up seeing seeing the same vision coming kind of coming to the same conclusion, you're just going to have a better product. Um, so I, I think. Uh, uh, also, though, uh, let's let me switch gears a, a bit. What are you doing? Uh, and we talked a little bit about this at the uh, at the onset. How are you dealing with the current situation? You're still able to work from home, and, uh, as far as your the. Uh, let's talk about the music uh, portion of what you do. Yeah. So right now, um, at, of course, everyone I think in most industries are are feeling the impact of the coronavirus. Right now, what I'm doing is I'm still able to do any voiceover uh, things that I need to do. I'm still able to record songs so I can record my vocals here uh, at my place with my home setup that I have. And that's really nice because I'm still able to kind of get urgent work and, and handle those jobs um, in a timely fashion. What's changed is not as many people are buying advertisements right now. So the whole licensing market, they're just not licensing as many songs right now. So that, you know, I don't want to say I'm worried, but you know, there are some concerns about that. Um, I have some new releases that are scheduled to come up in the next month or so. Um, I don't know how they're going to do. There may not be programming that's going to fit those songs, but we'll just see. Are you trying to uh, maybe explore other areas or other uh, methods of, of uh, keeping an income stream um, as far as the music uh, goes, or are you just kind of putting all your investment into what you're doing now? Um, it's I'm mainly still trying to put the investment into what I'm doing, but uh, one of the things that I, I'm trying to just really focus on is I want to make sure that even if there's some downtime, I'm still working towards something. So for example, last week I wrote about five songs. I think I recorded two of them. Um, I want to have as many songs in the stash as possible for when things sort of kind of get back to um, how they were. I think it's a good idea. I think the time to start doing that isn't after everything's quote unquote back to normal. Now's the time to kind of dig your heels in and um, expand what you're doing and, and, and explore yeah, exactly. other things. Um, so uh, where can we find you then, Chris? Well, you can find me uh, at my website, uh, and that is Chris B. Harris, and that's be like boy. So ChrisBHarris.com. I'm also on Instagram, um, at DJ Skrilla. That's D-J-S-C-R-I-L-L-A. Those are the two best ways to find me. And uh, first of all, we didn't talk about this, but how did you come up with that name? <laughs> I thought every DJ needed a cool name and Skrilla is like slang for money. And I wasn't saying I'm DJ money, but I just like the way it flows off your tongue. So I said DJ Skrilla. And then even when I stopped DJing, I just kept it because, again, it's that whole thinking like a DJ. 
uh, aspect that I still uh, take with me. Ah, I got it. I got it. Hey, well, listen, thanks for coming on. I really appreciate your time. And uh, I've always enjoyed collaboration. And I look forward to doing uh, old school loving, man. We, we still have to do that. Ah, yeah. uh, I, I haven't given up on that. We've actually did a little pre-pro on that. So uh, uh, after, after this, we'll have to have a conversation how we get that going right away. Because I think that would be a really, that'd be a fun thing. We it's just a need a good story baby. attached to that. <laughs> Let's do it. Take Thank, it back. Thanks for coming on, man. All right. Thank you. Thank you for coming this week. And as always, I appreciate all the listeners and our wonderful guests. Uh, and the one advantage that we've had during this time is being able to get several people scheduled. Uh, we have a producer coming up as well as a couple of DPs and first ACs and people who've experienced being on set recently for a movie locally. Um, and so I'm excited to have them on and talk about their experiences. Um, I hope all of you are staying healthy and optimistic. Right now we're planning for a music video that hopefully we can start shooting once the smoke clears and uh, that's keeping us uh, occupied as well as other other projects um, that'll hopefully materialize. But as always, thank you for listening and I will see you next week.